Yeah. All right. So we're sitting upstairs in our in our humble abode. Mm-hmm. Um, we got we got Copa America finals on yeah. in the background. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Colombia got knocked out. Yeah. But uh, women's USA team Ooh, won earlier yep. today, which was yeah. cool to watch. I th- I think they were the favorites going in. Yeah, I'm sure they, I, they I were. I don't know. I mean, defending champs. But still, that, that that that's cool. I feel like that's sort of breeding a little bit of a like a soccer or football culture in the U.S. Um, yeah, like hopefully th- th- them much more so than the men's team. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So yeah, coming up on this episode, um, we ha- oh yeah, so we had the pleasure to to finally get a proper interview. Yeah, right? with someone who is so cool and yeah. and. We only knew her for like two days. Yeah, only two days. But, but man, she is inspiring. Yeah. Um, and for 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 a host of reasons that that we'll talk about, but just yeah. a few of them. She's um, got a really interesting travel experience uh, or travel past, and she's, as well as future. Yeah, future. She's going to Ant- Antarctic Antarctica pretty soon. Spoiler. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's very experienced with traveling with uh, with uh, with health complications. Um, so, but she does not let let her hold that back. So it's it, no. it's super inspiring. No, the only thing holding us back, I think, in that conversation was the technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, Again. that's good, good to mention. You know, I feel like we have all the but, puzzle pieces. It's just a matter of oh, yeah, really yeah. figuring them out. But it, it, yeah. it's getting there. Yeah, um, but yes, I, I don't think we ever properly mentioned her full name, where you can find her, because she is she is a creator. I yeah, mean, she she creates videos. She has. I'm sure she has other content than yeah, just the videos I've seen. Yeah, she's a videographer, photographer. Um, but yeah, so her name is Rachel Heckerman. Her info will be in the description. Yeah. Um, and it, it, along with with ours, um, check us out on Facebook. Oh man, um, yes, it, please. It, it really goes a long way. Uh, yeah. Seeing people and like send and us share your stories. Yeah, send us your yeah. stories. We had the pleasure of, of finally getting to talk with our, our best mate. Um, and yeah, hopefully, and I think we'll be able to incorporate some of his stories that he told us just through the phone, uh, which will be a good start. But man, we want some of your stories. Yeah, you know, yeah. send them in, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel I feel like sometimes with stuff like this, people feel like there have to be like in an exotic place or something like nope. that. You know, just I don't know. Anywhere. It, yeah, it's good to hear about what what everyone. And anything doing. crazy that happened, inspiring. Yeah. Um, um, or un- you, unplanned. Or if uh, you just want to say, hey, like, having a great day. Hope everyone else is too. Yeah, that would be a nice reminder. Nice yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess other than that, episode six is coming coming pretty soon here. Um, we have a couple of guests in mind for some some episodes after that. Yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we have a lot of updates coming. Uh, so, yeah. On this episode and the next, so stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Check, check, check it out. Checking it out. <laughs> All right. We are sitting here in our dojo. This in our, our domain. domain. Our second one of two dojos. Yes. We have found yes. a pool hall. Yeah. That, uh, we go there just about every day that it opens yeah, at noon. Yeah, 12 o'clock they open, 12.05 we're walking in. Yeah. So, bienvenido. 
Welcome to our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and this does really feel like man, home. And we've yes. only been here you know, a, a few days, a week. Yeah, yep. yeah, a week a today. Week, a week today. We arrived, yeah, a week ago. Yeah. Um, recorded episode four the day we arrived, and yep. now we're finishing up episode five. And it feels good. One. It feels good. Um, Scott, would you like to set the scene? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's set the scene a little bit, because, <clears throat> well, hopefully it picks it up on the video well enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we're sitting out on this nice little terrace, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, the school, at the school that we're, we're staying at. Um, right across the street is uh, a nice church that uh, service, has service every, every day. single day. From, um, yeah, yeah. So that's good. Uh, and yeah, it's right good. outside, there's some some street vendors. It looks like some of them selling popcorn, maybe some ice cream, those yeah. sorts of things. In in such a such a cool neighborhood. Oh my this gosh. Whole, it, the, so oh we're in gosh. Medellin, and uh, yes. I guess we're not in Medellin proper. Yeah. Outside of the city are several other cities, of course, as yeah. it goes with any. City. But we're within a. 20 minute public transportation ride into yeah. the into Medellin center of the city. So yeah. so we're close enough I think to call it Medellin. Yeah. But the the actual neighborhood is called Envigado. Yeah. Which is oh man. Which if we knew what that translated to in English, <laughs> we would tell you but yeah, which I I would imagine it does translate to something potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully. And yeah, so this neighborhood is is just awesome. I mean till 3, 4 a.m., there's people in the park right across the street. Yeah, there's a yeah. foot, there's a futsal court, um, you know, within within spitting distance of where we are. Um, there's another proper football football field. And best, yeah, almost. yeah, huge field. Um, just five-minute walk down the... I mean, essentially, anything and everything is accessible within five minutes. Yeah, yeah, you have your main, like, little kind of shopping drag with yeah. restaurants and yeah. any sort of store that you could need. You have a you have a cobbler fixing up your shoes. Ooh, a cobbler, that's what they're called? Yeah, that's what they're called. Wow. Um, yeah, shout out to the cobbler who's going to be getting our shoes here in a couple yeah. weeks. At least Scott's, they're almost yeah. blown out, eh? Yeah, went, went a little too hard playing futsal. <laughs> Which is hard not to. Yeah, oh yeah. It's impossible. Plus you're playing on like a hard concrete court, mm-hmm. which I'm sure isn't good for your shoes. Yeah, um, picking this ball that's just hard as a rock. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, we've had we've had the opportunity to play a couple times, and there's been there's been some... Some minor injuries. Just, yeah. just imagine a, a two-pound <laughs> solid ball getting kicked as hard as you can into somebody's gut. Yeah, I haven't seen any face shots yet. Yeah, on, only bruises, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> only bru- yeah. bruises on the body. Uh, um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much Envigado. It's, it's a super safe place. There's a ton man, to do. Extremely, um, unbelievably safe. And the school is kind of is like our our center. Yeah, this, uh, it's. I mean. Come evening times and weekends, we are the only ones here. Yeah. Um, during the day, there are students, like tons of students, students and, and teachers yeah. um, walking around. How many students do they say? 30? At, at any given point, yeah, probably probably around 30 at this location, and then mm-hmm. the school has a separate location. Yeah, and it's um, called Laureles. Laureles, something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, and, 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 yeah, so... I guess it, now's a good time to elaborate on what we do here yeah, at the school because yeah. we had no idea. Yeah, like, we, had, we had, know, had some idea of what idea. we'd be doing, and some some of what we thought we'd be doing is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so the school is primary primarily a Spanish teaching school. Yes. Um, what did the customer? What did the clientele look like? Uh, mostly people, travelers like us, uh, yeah. or people flying down to just learn Spanish and fly fly back. Basically, they stay here for two, three, yeah. four, five weeks. Yeah, but the, yeah, um, essentially, it's you know, 
what Europeans and North Americans yeah. um, that we run that we've been running across. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, handful of Americans, handful of Canadians, yeah. handful of English, mm-hmm. um, a few Germans. Oh yeah, a few Germans, um, a Dutch guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a just a, a pretty solid collection of, of people from around the world that yeah. they have taken. This is how they are, are learning Spanish, you know. And what a what a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, if obviously if somebody has the ability uh, to afford to, to learn like this, yeah, man, I would recommend it. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. And I I think they're like. Full- <laughs> yeah, we live. It's a pretty busy road we're on. It, and one thing about Columbia, it is never quiet. This yeah, has been something that's been quiet. mentioned to us from the people that live here, and uh, there's always somebody talking, people talking, music being played. Um, <laughs> it's all part kids of the running Columbian around. Charm. Yeah, it's not a bad thing until you're trying, unless you're trying to sleep in in the morning, and you've got yeah. the church service that starts at six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so as far as the clientele, that, yeah. that's mostly their paying clientele. Yes. Um, and and I, I guess, uh, it, I think it's pretty affordable, too, um, as far uh, as their yeah. full cultural immersion yeah. uh, package is what they call it, where they, um, where you take 20 hours a week of classes, you have one-on-one lessons on top of that, and then you have the evening activities, and you're staying with a host yeah. day. Yeah, which, and activities that in the middle of the day somewhat as well just like active they have activities throughout the day mm-hmm. um that that are forced immersion more yeah. or less and they have been man they are so good at, at making sure that all the students whether you're out in public or just hanging out here at the school it's it's in spanish yeah you know? yeah um, in in what I like most is that the students are like like I mean we don't speak the best spanish no. but the students are really driving that as, yes. as well like they, they'll yes. force themselves to speak spanish yeah yeah um, <laughs> as much as possible and we so we are bad i mean as far as our role here um <laughs> it's I, I, i'm sure they would like for us to to encourage that spanish speaking yeah um, amongst amongst peers mm-hmm. um unfortunately we can't press yeah we literally enough. can't and for us it's like <laughs> a blessing when we have seven eight english speakers hanging around with us mm-hmm. and and we kind of use that opportunity to uh, get to know them better in the language we're comfortable with yeah uh, but, but still on top of that i feel like we're getting a lot of spanish practice in like, like yes like, oh my gosh people yes. from the school are always like willing to like talk in spanish with us and kind of like help us like yeah figure out what we're saying or what we want to say rather yeah yeah and then i mean as well going out and ordering food going yeah. to a store i mean it is it is only in Spanish, and that that also stems from the fact that we we try and and um, and start off, and and when it comes to communicating with a vendor or mm-hmm. um, or anybody out on the road, we we try it in Spanish first, yeah. Yeah. because we do know simple, you know, our greetings. How much mm-hmm. is this? Can we get this? Um, and usually they're yeah. they're super accommodating about yes. it. Like they'll they'll like play down their Spanish to yeah, where we yeah. can understand them. Slow they'll slow, slow it down. They'll use the, the common words and phrases. Yeah, hopefully. rather than the slang terms. Yeah. Um, but this is also, as I mentioned earlier to you, this is the probably the first country I've been to where immediate if I meet if I meet a person on the road, a local, if I'm dealing with um, with any sort of business owner. 
I mean, I, I don't go right to English, which yeah. is something that I would always usually do. And then, and then you, they would, you know, you kind of draw out their their English knowledge yeah. through that. Um, but nope, not here. Right? You know, and that's that's awesome that yeah. that we've been. <laughs> We try. We yeah. try. We yeah, try our hardest. I feel, I feel like, I mean, we've really only been here like a week, a week and a half in Colombia. Yeah. And I, no, I feel true. like already our Spanish has improved a lot. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. At least it's nice to think that way. Yeah. Um, um, just certain certain vocabulary we've picked up on. As yeah. far as the conjugation of verbs and the different tenses, that's mm-hmm. still pretty yeah. far over my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next episode, episode five is going to be only in Spanish. So <laughs> get ready. Yeah. Uh, um, but so as far as we what we actually do at the school. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, mostly so the typical day. So yeah. we'll just start off like, but without the events. Yeah. Yeah. The so typical the, day. The typical day. We, um, I mean, wake up, make the coffee that uh, make coffee all day long when yeah. it's needed, um, and really what they what they stress. Um, is at the beginning of the me- week when there's new students here mm-hmm. um, and like they don't really know each other and some people may feel a little out of place that's yeah. when I think that's that's what, our role to yeah, fail yeah to like yes, talk yes. to them get them comfortable and kind of yep. you know just facilitate just, the community that, that the school wants yeah exactly the, yeah the, the school has this this vision of of the, you know the perfect environment that everybody is mingling nobody feels uncomfortable um, essentially, the student's comfort level should be the same as ours while we're here. Yeah. You, you know, this is home. This is this is your coffee shop during the day, during night, if you want to get work done. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's up to us to help uh, to, to help facilitate that feeling of comfort. Yeah. Which th- that we can do. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, English or no, or no, or Spanish, that we can do. Yeah, and I feel like that. Um, Kind of welcomeness and comfortability yes. is only reciprocated to us. Oh, in yeah. that first week, I mean, in like the first day or two, I, I was already feeling like I had a group of friends. This was like yes. home, you know. Yes, yes. Um, which is which is so cool. You you don't get that in a lot of places. No, and that is, I mean, that is like priority, maybe two. Priority one for the school, you know, improve your English language for yeah. the for or your Spanish skills um, for the students. Priority number two is make them feel at home, make them feel comfortable, mm-hmm. um, provide a, a, an interim family for them while, yeah. while they're away. Um, and that is awesome. That was something that felt like it was impressed upon us before we started working here yeah. while we were talking about it, and certainly 100% has been, Yeah. Um, which which has been a blessing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Kind of the the second part of our of our job here um, is to more or less coordinate or at least help facilitate the evening activities that yes. they do. Because yeah, at the end of their their class day, they have like a couple hour break, and then in the evenings, there's like a it's usually like fun, like hard stuff, like yeah. going to play football or going yeah. on like a, a like fruit, a hike. Yeah, or yeah, some sort of hike, or like some touring sort of, the town. Yeah, exactly. Or even. Um, Hanging out at the school with neighbors and members of the community, yeah. as well as the students, so it acts as an opportunity. And, and so this is free for the members of the community, for the neighbors. Um, they can come and hang out and mingle with English speakers, yeah. and vice versa. It, that allows that allows the students here to mingle with locals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's food we'll make, a handful yeah. of activities that we'll come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then once again, just add to that comfort that, that people have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like it would be so easy for a school like this to just be... Um, a school. Yeah, ju just be a school, and yes. that's, like, kind of separate from the community, though. Yeah. And since they offer those, like, uh, English conversation clubs and stuff like that, yeah. it, like, that draws in the local community, and I feel like it makes it, it grounds it a, a bit, you yeah. know? Yeah, so from here, going on from here... Last week we had um, the old volunteers to kind of walk us through the process and, and yeah. help us, and, and we've kind of learned the general structure that at least they had for some of these classes mm -hmm. or activities that they would put on. And now this coming week will be on us, yeah. and so that's um, it's a great way to, to just jump right into it. Yeah, um, and ultimately these what we're what we're doing the activities that we get to pl that we get to play with them. These are games we've played with each other or yeah. with friends. So it's just taking, taking certain, um, like family dinner night games, mm -hmm. and then just and you play that with a group of people to help them with whatever language they're trying to practice. Yeah. Uh, and and so not the hardest, um, or essentially just the games that I play with the kids at the boys and girls yeah. club. Yeah. That's exactly what it what it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, what is it Tuesdays? There's the conversational English classes. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I see for the next six weeks pretty much just you and me putting those on. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Wednesdays, they have um, en English conversation with kids, specifically with, for kids. Yes, yes. Um, which, which, which is cool. Yeah, we're not, and so there is somewhat of a schedule. There's four volunteers at any mm -hmm. given point, and those, those roles kind of shift from week to week, but those are those two ones I would love for us to do, you know, every, every week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because as far as... Um, you know, increasing skills that I wish to use outside past yeah. this, mm -hmm. um, man, super beneficial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, in our in the English conversational class with uh, with the community, which last week was just two two people. Yeah, um, they were mid thirties, mm -hmm. low forties, maybe so older. Um, and we read a poem that 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 went through just about every difficult. Um, difficult pronunciation of different English words. Yeah. So thou, through, thought, though, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, like that. So so every verse would have 20 different words that are pronounced 20 different ways, yeah. even though they're spelled similarly. And so we went through that, kind of broke it down, practiced reading it, practiced listening to it. Um, and yeah, so the next week or two, I see us going back through that mm -hmm. and finishing up that poem. But then from there, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. The kids I would have an easier time with. Yeah. The yeah, kids the, would be, that would be fun. Because yeah. I, I haven't, I didn't get to do that. Scott did that one this week. Yeah. And working with the, with the kids was, was pretty fun. It, it was, a, in all honesty, it was difficult because I didn't have a good, I don't have a good working level of Spanish. Yeah. So, um. You did get your results back though. Remember we were talking, you, you took your test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yep. we mentioned that. And yeah, I'm, I'm drum at the, roll. I'm at the basic level of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have three levels that they, they teach at basic, functional, and conversational. So, um, but it'll, it'll be good. I'm going to start taking Spanish classes yeah. next week, and I'm excited to learn a lot. Yeah, and I'm excited that that pretty much solidifies the fact that Scott will be my translator. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I will not be taking classes. Um, yeah, but... Uh, but yeah, so anyways, the, 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 the classes for the kids, um, it, it was challenging because I didn't speak Spanish, but the other volunteer, um, Pascal, who I was working with me, he spoke Spanish. And, and German, and, and English, yeah, and probably and you could throw another language yeah, in there as well. Just an incredible guy. 
Um, so he was able to communicate with the kids a lot easier yeah. than, than I was able to. But we just went over um, like different professions in English, and uh, yeah. and then we played Hangman so they could see those words written Ooh. out and kind of um, practice the pronunciation of, of yeah. each, each word, ah, or each letter, rather. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, any, um, any uh, professional TEFL or, or English as a second language teachers out there Man, if you have any oh. uh, any sort of advice or activities, I found a handful online. Um, but man, any advice would be welcome. Yeah, yeah. We are uh, <laughs> we are out of our element a little bit. Yeah, um, but, but but learning. Yeah, and so. loving loving becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's essentially actually essentially just the motto of travel. <laughs> yeah. It's just this forced this forced comfort mm-hmm. that that you need to feel. Otherwise you if you're feeling uncomfortable, you're not going to enjoy your time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I feel like I, I mean, uh, like getting out of your your comfort zone, that's the only way you're going to ever progress as a yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how else do you prevent becoming stagnant yeah who, who 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 became an amazing person by being just comfortable being at yes. home every day yeah that's very not true doing anything that being said there is there is value out of um out of recuperation or meditation yeah, or focusing yeah. on yourself yeah um, which, is, which is which is sounds stagnant mm-hmm. may appear stagnant visually but is not you know yeah. what i mean self yeah. being self-reflective is far from stagnant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the days that we just stay home and do nothing—that's those are our days of self-reflection. Yeah, yeah like yesterday. <laughs> yesterday we. Oof. Yesterday was a. It was just a relaxing a, recovery day. Yep. Yep. Hanging out. Yep. Uh, but speaking of reflection, I, I, I was, I'm blown away by one of the other volunteers who actually just left. His name is Keegan. Um, and oh man. He, man, that guy is. Very tuned in yeah. with him, with oh, who yeah. he is, who he knows he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he he doesn't he doesn't drink at all. He doesn't drink coffee even. He is a hundred percent sober person. Yeah. He like meditates, works out every day. Yeah. Just, yeah. Participates in Zumba in the morning with yeah. his uh, with his with his little community he's found here. And and that being said, I think he is a phenomenal person as far as finding that community wherever he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has pockets of of community of people that he hangs out with on, yeah. on a weekly basis and and as far as taking an active role in your own happiness mm-hmm. man man just just surround yourself by people with people yeah um yeah. ultimately and he he has found he has found the uh the equation mm-hmm. to happiness in that regard yeah yeah um, absolutely and he he stayed here for 15 weeks yeah maybe 16 and who weeks? knows a, coming in what he thought you know he's because he's a type of person that if something feels right keep doing it mm-hmm. you know maybe I, th- I would imagine he came in maybe gave him a six seven eight week commitment yeah and then yeah 15 weeks later met you know met a woman that he he enjoyed spending his time with here yeah um and, and yeah use the opportunity that he was here to um look into what he'll be doing after this yeah um, which i think he already knew coming in what he was going to be doing after mm-hmm. um which will be teaching english or teaching or working at a, a um an international school yeah. in quito uh, which is in ecuador ecuador yeah right yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Uh, right just right next door we should know that yeah <laughs> um but yeah i i think 
And that's something that I found similar with, with Keegan as well as Rachel, who the interview is with, uh-huh. is that they are both very in tune with themselves and yeah. are, like you said, if something feels right, they continue doing that or, or they or vice follow versa. That, that gut feeling. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, which, which is so important. And th- I mean, that's, I think that's something that traveling grants you. Uh-huh. Because you're, you're Just forced, that awareness. Yeah, that awareness and you're forced to do those yeah. things and follow your gut. And I yeah. mean, like... And then as well... The, in the uh, the opposite, if something doesn't feel right, yeah. if you stay at a place for a couple of days, I know you had that in Nicaragua, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Costa Rica. In Costa yeah. Rica, you know, if it if it doesn't feel right, don't don't feel obligated to need to stay. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it's it's okay to change what you want yes. to, or what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, because I feel like when you're when you're at home, it's a, it's more difficult to do that because you have like these other pressures on you. Uh-huh. Like you you have like rent and you have a job but when you're out traveling and you don't have any you're like liberated from all that stuff yeah you you, you can do whatever you want you, you yeah. develop that skill a bit more yeah essentially your your own happiness is is the driving force behind everything or should be you know <laughs> yeah. if you find yourself at a place and you're not happy that that's all you need to know yeah and you know on to the next mm-hmm. and now you know a little bit more what what will make you happy yeah exactly or what won't and which then will tell you what will yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah so so in regards to the place that we're at um look Colombia is trying to eliminate this image that i feel like most foreigners oh. have yeah of of um of Colombia, and yes. but unfortunately, that well, not unfortunately. I, I, I am very interested with the the, uh, the Pablo Escobar um, history that is essentially everywhere we go in oh, Medellin. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was such a big influence on this country, of course. Yeah. and I mean, it, that just ripples through the culture. I feel like yeah, still to this day. Yeah, still to this day, and um, we mentioned the other school. That, that is a part of this Columbia immersion program. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's worth mentioning that um, within the f- one of the first couple days we were here, we were told, oh, yeah, that, that's the house that Pablo Escobar was killed in. <laughs> and we're like, there's no way. I mean, look, that's, that's nice of you to tell us that, but we're not that naive. You know, we're not yeah. going to believe that just every house is Pablo <laughs> has some tie to Pablo Escobar. Um, but yeah, some event over the, course, over the course of the week was held there. And as I was there, I was told that again. And, I'm, you know, I'm a fairly skeptical person. <laughs> um, but as I'm hanging out at this other school, preparing the food for the event, you know, in the matter of two or three hours, there were probably five to ten cars that pulled up outside of this house. Really? Jumped out, would take a picture of the place, and jump back <laughs> in their car and leave. And to me, that was all the evidence I needed. I yeah. mean, besides everybody adamantly telling me, like... <laughs> No, this is Pablo Escobar was killed here. Yeah. Um, Man, that that's crazy. You talk about <laughs> some history. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this this is Medellin, where it yeah. was like... This is a stomping ground, eh? Yeah, I, I guess so. But, I mean, if, if you'd come here and not known anything about Pablo Escobar, yes. I don't know if you would ever be able to tell that... Yep. I mean... Talking to people, it starts to come out a little bit. Yeah, but only if you bring it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, because yes, so, I mean, Colombia and I and I think a lot of a lot of people that live in Colombia don't don't want that image to follow them around. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you were either a fan of Pablo Escobar and you weren't. Yeah. And I think the people that are currently still around that that 
support Pablo or support what he did were the people that the lower income communities that were directly affected by his philanthropic uh, ventures yeah. you know yeah he, he built whole towns you know he he um, he really helped out some of the the poor people of this country mm-hmm. and so that is reflected in in their opinion yeah but the majority of Colombians I would as I would assume um, from, from the ones that we've met. Yes, for the ones that we've met and talked to, um, they they look at the, the reality of the situation mm-hmm. and the fact that he killed many of innocent people f- for yeah. his for his own selfish um, desires at times, most mm-hmm. of the time probably. Yeah. And, and, and that's just understood, and there's no place for that anymore. Yeah. There's no need kind of, to talk about it. Yeah. They uh, want to rid themselves of that, that image. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, what country wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was talking to Pascal, who's from Germany, and he, mm-hmm. um, he, he kind of had a different mindset about it. Like, yeah. here in Colombia, I think we mentioned this in episode four, um, that like we stopped at that zoo where they completely like destroyed Pablo Escobar's yeah, it just house looks like a proper zoo. Yeah, um, but Pascal was saying that he his mindset is that like no, you need to keep that stuff there as a reminder that of of what and was coming so bad. from somebody who who lives in a country that Nazi Germany is this is the stereotype or the or the potential negative stigma that that follows them around. Yeah. I can really appreciate that. That's oh, coming yeah. from, a, you know, a, for anybody to speak on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, it feels right coming from uh, from a German. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because they do. That's, you know, in their history books, they're learning about that. That's mm-hmm. not that's not a topic that they just breach over <laughs> that. They just, oh, no, you know, all right. World War. You skip over the world wars. And yeah. there's, there's just always this gap in history. No, no, that's not how it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is definitely value mm-hmm. that comes from understanding, um, appreciating the negative things that have happened to your country. Yeah, and 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 continuing continuously learning from them. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's just two different kind of approaches to meet the same end goal of like of yeah. moving past your your country's past and uh-huh. embracing what it is now. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's beautiful. That being said, there is another another. Pablo Escobar reference just right up the road. There's a yeah, was the, it a prison that he made? Yeah, the, I think it was the prison that he made for himself and his like cronies <laughs> or something like that when when they were in prison for a short period of time. I don't know. I, I wish I knew a little bit more about. Oh, the so history. he didn't have to go to a, the, the state funded prison. He just got to make his own essentially. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, but yeah. Um, so. So now that we've been in Medellin and, and Bigado a little bit more, how would you compare this to Bogota? I mean, uh, just the initial feelings, uh, so, so much safer. Yeah. Um, why that is, I don't Bogota is the capital city. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I feel like capital cities always... For one, for some reason or are, another. Are a little bit... Dicier. Yeah, a little bit dicier and like a little bit... Just more of a of a letdown, you know. They're fun for like a couple of days, yeah. but after a couple of days, like you don't need any more of them. Yeah, and, and Medellin is quite the opposite. Oh um, yeah, man. The, the 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 infrastructure. I mean, there's a there's a proper metro station. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of specific to Medellin. It's yeah. you really won't find this in a lot of other 
cities in Colombia. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, this. I would. I would go as far as to say this is the only metro station in Colombia. Yeah. Um. But anyways, I mean, it's like the crown jewel of. Oh my god, their, it is so nice. And Colombians are Colombians are so prideful. Yeah. Um, or how, what are they called? Uh, oh, país, país. I think. Pais. Yeah, if you're país, I think. Uh, <laughs> you're. If you're a Colombian that lives in Medellin, you're Pais. Paisa. 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 Yeah. Um, um, so the Paisas are so proud of their, their yes. metro system. Yeah. And they've had it for like 30 years or so. Oh, I no. Think. It looks like it was built yesterday. Oh, yeah. I People, mean, it like, is flawlessly clean. Mm-hmm. If if there's somebody that drops some rubbish on the ground, I've been told like other people in that in that same cart as you will be like, come on, man. You don't, don't leave that there. Pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, not a single drop of graffiti anywhere, oh, yeah, or no any way. sort of um, anything that would detract from the aesthetics of of the train itself. Yeah, there's music playing, which is something that was mentioned <laughs> to me. Uh, you'll find music essentially everywhere you go. Yeah, you know, s- silence is awkward here, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so you have the metro. It's a that that's the railway, right? That, yep, that's the railway, and super super easy. There's two lines. You got an A line and a B line. Mm-hmm. One that goes north and north and south. The other goes east and west. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have a super efficient busing system, Uber system, Ubers, uh, you have motorcycle taxis yeah. that, that you can use similar to an Uber. Yeah, you can do everything on an app from your phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, then on top of that, they have loads of cable cars that kind oh, of reach yeah. up to the to the higher like mountain town, the barrios. Yep, yep. Um, which we actually had the chance to go visit on one of these. Yep. It, was, it was a school-sponsored like event, one of the evening activities. And so we had the fortune of being able to tag along and essentially act as security. Yeah. Uh, kind of hang at the rear, mm-hmm. make sure nobody's really being hassled, um, yeah. make sure nobody's getting left behind. Yeah. Make, you know, always keeping a decent head count in your head. And just kind of helping out the the person who's leading the yeah. the, 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 the surgeon. Because they're focused on, um, you know, like being like giving the tourist information, you know? Yep. And they're not so much focused on like keeping a head count all yeah. the time and stuff like that. You know, they're professionals. They're keeping yeah. a head count. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably at any given point they probably had a better head count than we did. Um, but but yeah, how, this was cool. Mm-hmm. This was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, end up taking a bus to another bus to like the edge of the barrio. Yeah, um, but I mean, and what, well, what defines barrio first of all? I think it's a man. I I, I wish I knew specifically, but I think it's just a. Um, it's a ghetto of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe and, I would, and, and, to visualize it, I would think like a favela in, in Rio. Yes. Yes. Uh, so what's favela? It's like th- a like a like a small little town, usually built, usually lower income, yeah. poor neighborhood, yep. built like up into the mountains. Yes, on the outside. Of the city. Uh, yep, on the outskirts, and the outskirts of Medellin just happen to be the mountains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, uh, so obviously you could. It is undesirable because of the terrain yeah. uh, which is essentially I don't know what what kind of degree would you call oh this for gosh. the camera it's like this <laughs> yeah and, you know it's like 35 30 degree incline man uh, and so yeah it, but they have public transport that will take you all the way through that mm-hmm. up through the top um in oh man riding these buses up there <laughs> i I have so much respect for the guy who can drive a stick Dude, shift. The best shifting, there. the fastest shifting yeah, you could just, imagine. Just in, in quarter of a second switching a gear to, yes. <laughs> to climb up these huge hills. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, 
I can only imagine how hard that bus is working. Oh my I tried gosh, to take yeah. a peek at the RPMs at one point. <laughs> because it was like, dude, I mean, I would imagine 7,000 RPMs that thing's mm-hmm. working at. Yeah, and, and I mean, these streets are tight, too. So sometimes oh you, my. you have two buses going by each yeah, other it's with winding. inches in between them. Yeah, yeah, you have, I mean, you have somebody who is like standing on the corner with like a stop sign yeah that kind of like tells you when to go or not and then mm-hmm. as the bus driver drives past he flicks him a coin there's yeah. these like these like uh imp- i don't know how would you describe these jobs that kind of arise not really out of a necessity um like dudes that'll be selling a handful of lighters at the at the train mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. um or or yeah the people who will find find a uh, passenger for a taxi and then the taxi driver will give him some money you yeah. know like i don't think the taxi driver created this job yeah i think it just kind of rises it just out, like out of happened. opportunity yes yes and like i mean if, if you have like a quick little stop at a mm-hmm. that, that's frequent frequent a yeah. frequent stop by buses and stuff like that and yeah. people just hop on sell like a couple of things whether it's like little snacks or something like that yeah yeah, um, which, but those which, kind of jobs can be found everywhere. Everywhere, you it know. gives it, it gives the city so much character. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful. Yes, exactly. I remember one one example that sticks that sticks out specifically was as we were coming down the barrio, mm-hmm. coming back down onto level ground. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy walking his bike down the down this road that we were driving the bus down. Yeah. Um, with two fairly large washing machines just like tied to the bike somehow uh-huh. and as we're passing um pablo the guy that was kind of showing us around he was like all right you see this guy man this guy rents out his washing machine you know so he uh, so people contact him on whatsapp mm-hmm. they need his washing machine wow. for a couple hours he will pedal it up to them um and drop like it off plug it in there drop it off yeah plug wow. it in drop it off let them do their laundry maybe he goes somewhere else maybe mm-hmm. he hangs out i don't know um <laughs> And he's on a bicycle. And he's on a bicycle. Oh, he's my wa- gosh. Up a, walking up and down a 30-degree hill. Wow. Um, but, yes, this kind of ingenuity <laughs> in regards to making money, if if everybody had this, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like sometimes um, back home you, you, you tend to – I mean, we all fall into this, but you tend to, to – pity yourself a little bit and you're like man what am i going to do for money what yeah. kind of opportunities are there uh, mm-hmm. but with a little ingenuity you can you can find a way to make money doing just yeah. about anything yeah absolutely and if that philosophy could extend to everywhere man mm-hmm. I'd, uh, we'd have we'd have a lot of people selling lighters on the corner <laughs> essentially but. which i mean if if that's what like gets you by, I mean, dude, yeah, if people are gonna buy it, supply and demand, sell yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah. On on the bus ride that I took up the up the mountain because we were on different tours, mm-hmm. um, there was a guy who just hopped onto the bus. The bus driver didn't like make him pay for the, like the two stops that he, he yeah. was on for, um, and he he had like he had like a microphone and he was playing music and stuff like that and he was singing. Really, just a little street performer. And yeah, everyone gave him you know just yeah. like a. Like a, like a bit 200 of cash, pesos, whatever. Yeah, I mean, for the 20 people that are on that bus ride, I mean, that's... that's that adds up. Yeah, that adds up for the Sing 20, dude, 30 minutes of work it, that you did. Um, Stoplights. Did you yeah. see this in Bogota? I, I saw I saw guys coming up and cleaning your windshield mm-hmm. like they do back home. Uh, but yeah, Pascal was telling me of, he was at a bus stop. He was like, "Man, have you ever seen have you ever seen those break dancers that come out?" Oh, <laughs> like what? No. <laughs> but yeah, apparently he was sitting at a bus stop or a, a stop sign once or stop light. Yeah. And 
you know, everybody stopped. Out come the, these, these like this group of like four or five performers. Uh huh. Um, and they put on a little a little minute break dance show. Yeah. And then as as you drive past, you throw them a coin or <laughs> or whatnot. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think the lights are so long here. It's just to, like, <laughs> so like people have an opportunity to make some money. Yeah. Uh, in between those 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 stoplights. Yeah. Uh, but so the the barrio. Um, was just just really cool little town. Yeah, um, you stopped and played like soccer. Yeah, we with got them. to play soccer with. Um, I mean, there were like thirty kids on the on a bas- <laughs> on a like court the size of a basketball field, mm-hmm. so it was hectic. Yeah. Um, but man, that, that was fun. That was so cool. And if you go to any country where there's soccer, you you can find it being played anywhere. Oh, and anywhere. I would recommend just, just jump in. Yeah. Have a go. You'll. <laughs> Probably be way out of your league skill wise, but that's okay. That's yeah. why I go for goalie. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. So I tend to try and always go for the goalie. My knees show it. Um, I took a ball to the face so hard. Did you really? So hard that when we were playing with the kids. Oh, but luckily it was so. There's a futsal ball. Yeah, which, which is, is like a hard, smaller, denser, heavier ball mm-hmm. because you're playing on concrete, so you don't want it to bounce as much. Yeah. and the courts are smaller, so you, it, it, your ability to kick harder is diminished, mm-hmm. and so. So luckily we were playing with like a proper soccer ball this time, yeah. because if I would have taken that ball to the face, mm-hmm. a futsal ball, it would have knocked me out. Really? Dude, oh my god! It was that hard. Um, it was probably kicked by like a nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was actually. There was this one nine-year-old out there that was good though. Really? But he, but he was selfish with the ball. Yeah. You know, and that showed. It, you can't be selfish on a on a field with forty other people. It's just it's literally impossible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was. Uh, I will. I will say I did stop it still. So let's get that. <laughs> nice, let's get nice. that straight. Yeah. Make the save at, at any cost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was extremely fun. I think we were only planning on stopping for like five minutes. Ended up staying for like fifteen. Nice. Um, yeah. So then after this this barrio with the small little town, um, it was like a twenty minute hike up up the rest of this mountain. Yeah. And it you get to this peak and you can see. All of Medellin from there. Yes, everything. It was incredible. Oh my gosh, I, I don't think I realized that the city was as as big as it is. Yeah, the same thing with Bogota when we climbed yeah. up to that to the high point there. Mm-hmm. Um, you get up and it it is expansive. Yeah. Um, and completely completely protected by the mountains. Yeah, and it fill, just fills the entirety of this valley. Yeah, yeah. It's it it was beautiful and it was a clear day when we were up mm-hmm. there, and you get up to the top of this viewing point mountain hill i don't know what to call it yeah um and there's like there's a little restaurant up there that you can get a beer get some food yeah there are other people just like hanging out up there playing dice games <laughs> uh it was a it was a very cool environment and very nice to kind of ex- escape the city in, a, in some regards because like you said there is sound everywhere yeah you know yeah. <laughs> i could hear the church what is this the second church service of five today yeah. that's going on <laughs> uh, but, so there's always noise yeah um but uh, but up there there wasn't. It was quiet. Yeah. Uh, got got a bit chillier. I remember standing up there. All right, it's kind of cold now. Yeah. And that that's something I, I can't appreciate. It gets warm during the day, but at night it gets, becomes a very comfortable temperature. Dude, it, this is the most temperate, perfect, <laughs> perfect place to be. As far as Medellin is probably, I'm having a hard time thinking of a city I like more. Yeah. yeah we've only yeah. been here for a week, and in all fairness, we. We haven't explored out of our out of our little suburb that we're mm-hmm. in right now. Um, 
too much, too extensively, because there's, I mean, so far everything we could want is within ten minutes. Yeah. You know, we've got pools and like a little mini amusement park. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got football fields and basketball courts. Mm-hmm. Mu- museums. Uh, museums. Museums. We do right. want to go to them. Well, we've been to a museum yet. Yeah. Um, but they, they're there. They are there. Uh, and I mean, just the overall comfort, the fact that. Even as a foreigner, everybody you walk past says hello. How mm-hmm. are you? It's yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's incredibly yeah. refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, I think it's, uh, one of the terrible misconceptions with being back home is, or with just the mindset people have back home, is that uh-huh. if you travel somewhere, it's dangerous. You always need to watch your back. Yeah, and, you know all that stuff. Yeah. This and is the safest place I've been yeah, in not, so an long. Ounce of hostility no. we've, we've faced here. It's no. just nothing but nice people yeah. who are super inviting and welcoming. Yeah. Um, I mean, any time of night, I would feel comfortable walking around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that goes without saying, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe if we were in the city center, it would be a little bit different. But, I mean, yeah. you kind of get that in any center, city center. Yeah. Yeah, that that you, that you go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That that being said, there, there's still certain certain precautions one yeah. needs to make. Yeah. Um, but even just the difference between here and Bogota, it mm-hmm. feels feels fairly large. Yeah. I mean, I as far as when we were in Bogota, the, the the amount of police force you see on the ground, just walking walking on the sidewalk on the street, it was it was fairly intimidating. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here, man. I, you barely see the police. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, you see like security guards every now and then. <laughs> There's a yeah. security guard that every single night he rides a bike around. It's like blowing a whistle. Yeah, as if like like telling people like you're being too loud. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like or is that counterproductive to blow a whistle? Yeah, and or maybe to like attract attention to himself if like someone needs help or something. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know, but either way. Yeah, I mean, if that's all the all the safety personnel that you need, just some dude pretty, blowing a whistle. Yeah, <laughs> you're in a pretty good area, if you ask me. Yeah, and even that, I don't know how necessary that is. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, yeah. Uh, other than that, um, oh, so one other thing I lo- I've loved about this town, and I'm sure it's similar in in the rest of Colombia. Yeah. Um, is the other day Colombia. Columbia had another football game. Oh and yeah! They were playing. Who were they playing? They were playing Qatar. Yep. Um, yep. And we they won so, again. Yeah, they won. won. Boy, Colombia. Vamos, a Colombia. Let's yeah. go. And uh, so we went down to the um, Ooh, yeah, the, the like yeah. city center right outside this big church where there's this big plaza. Yep. And this plaza was filled. <laughs> there was like a huge screen showing the game. That's and, cool. Like a ton of people there everyone having a good time yeah and you've got food. a little clip of this right yeah, yeah we could I, probably throw that in because i did not get to go yeah i was I'll i was locked up with responsibilities i'm a working man yeah. scott i can't enjoy every football game <laughs> but um but yeah people were enjoying food drinking beer out and just having a good time everyone was just cheering for <sighs> columbia it was that's cool, so cool standing standing room only yeah yeah um, so today there's another football game, Woo-hoo. and it's going to be the same exact case. It's like that for every single game. And I, I mean, for the bigger games, it's only like, playing Qatar. I don't think. Yeah, reasonably just... small. Although they were the winners of the the like Asian circuit, I think oh, okay. that was why they. That's how they were able to get into the this league. Oh, because uh, okay, this see. is yeah the South American league. Yeah. Um, so tonight they're playing Paraguay, right? 
Paraguay or Uruguay? I don't remember, yeah. but I think Paraguay. And uh, yeah, hopefully Colombia still comes out and plays well because I believe they've already qualified for the tournament. And these are just qualifiers. Okay. Oh, I see. Um, for the, is this the FIFA World Cup? I, it, no? Uh, Question mark? I don't, uh, I don't know. Someone let us know. Yeah, <laughs> let us know. All you live followers right now yeah. that are listening to this live. Yep. All uh, right. Doesn't look like anyone knows. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I just hope Columbia still comes out and plays. I yeah. hope I hope you still have your starters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the game doesn't... Well, okay, it do, actually, it does matter. Because as far as... Um, going in at the first seed compared oh, to the, yeah, you know you're yeah. going to be playing the last seed then mm-hmm. so so if they can lock in the first seed so this is a fairly big game still yeah. I would imagine yeah um, I do believe after this game but this will be when we're back home they play Brazil yeah and that would have been a fun game to watch yeah so, uh, so they have like a, a break for a couple months yeah yes I think so something yeah. like that um, yeah vamos Colombia so yeah that'll be good um, I will I yeah, we don't have any responsibilities tonight. Yeah, no holiday tomorrow. Yeah, today's Sunday. Three-day weekend. Man, so, yeah, Mondays. Monday we'll have off. Um, the following week we have another holiday. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as, I mean, look, nothing wrong with working hard. Yeah. But no. nothing wrong with not either <laughs> at times. So. Yeah. And, and I like that. We get to kind of, for our first weekend, just to sit in the town, yep. walk around more, get more used to it. And then yeah. and for and next weekend or the weekends coming, we'll, we'll, we'll do some more busy. stuff out of, yes. out of our little yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As soon as we get bored with what's around yeah. here, with yeah. what is offered within a 10 minute walking distance, which might be hard to do because <laughs> there is a lot. Yeah. There yeah. is a lot. Um, now that being said, I mean, the, the fact that it feels like we can be lazy here, um, or not lazy, but just relax. It doesn't, yeah. there's, there, it doesn't feel like there's this, um, that we're pressured into always needing to do work, which yeah. that, that comes from the people that work here, our mm-hmm. boss, um, I mean, the, the amount of trust they've put in on us. Oh, my God. Just as far as, I mean, they leave the place to ourselves. So this is the school as well as where we live. So there's there's valuable things here. Yeah, um, yeah. This, this is not just a, a, a dwelling place. This is their, this is the, the storefront for their business. Yeah, storefront, their workplace, uh, yeah. where, where they do it all. And we're the only ones here. I mean, I could, I could yell some very vulgar words <laughs> and nobody nobody would stop me. Yeah. But, uh, but that being said, that, that level of trust that we've been granted and that they grant to essentially every volunteer, yeah. even the students here, uh-huh. man, that, 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 only, that, that only draws more trusting behavior out of people. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, so for em- employers out there, there's a good message, mm-hmm. you know, just, mm-hmm. it, just trust, trust who you, trust who you have and, and, that that will reflect in in how they perform and yeah. how they act. Um, yeah, and I feel like that comes in especially especially your attitude when you meet meet new people and stuff like that. Like yeah. to immediately trust people. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it goes so so far. I mean, I'd much rather immediately trust people and like and have that reciprocated towards you. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. Than, yeah. And and not letting that one time influence influence your your view completely yeah yeah because uh, yeah there's definitely been people that have tried to take advantage of us throughout yeah. throughout our travels which is and, okay that's going to happen no matter yes, what yes exactly but, don't but, don't let that ruin everything yeah just that that small minor circumstance yeah uh, 
So yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, episodes with Rachel. Her social media will be in the description. Yes. Yeah, because we're going to be playing out the interview, right? Yes. Yeah. The, yep. the interview is coming right now. Um, she is an awesome photographer. She Ugh. a videographer. Ugh. Um, yeah. And she's doing amazing things with her life. Yeah. And not letting anything hold her back. Yeah. Um, so I guess without further ado, we're going to play a song that was played to us by a good uh, friend, Sergio. Who will hopefully be our next interview. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a Colombian guy. He, he's uh, a young guy. He's 20. He's really eager to see the world, and he doesn't really want to have a traditional life where you're just working for money yes, all the time. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, so that should be coming up soon. Um, it's just getting... He's a wild card. It's yeah, just getting yeah. him up here <laughs> and doing it. Because uh, yeah. he is... Man, his energy is beautiful, mm -hmm. and... I think there's so much we could learn from him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Look out for Sergio, episode uh -huh. six, ideally. <laughs> well, yeah. Without further ado, here's Rachel. See ya. Pero todos los días trabaja para pagar las cuentas Esto ya parece un circo Todos van corriendo como hamster Creyendo que avanzamos Pero aún seguimos en el mismo sitio Y yo haciendo hasta las maduras para masterizar mi disco, man Cada quien va por sus intereses Me vale una mierda el resto Sigo siendo cortés No he dejado que se pierda la costumbre De escribir en ayunas Es mi mayor fortuna De lunes a lunes Te donaré la cumbre Tú solo dime cuándo A ver, reggae está el mando Apenas está empezando No me hables de si estamos en el mismo bando Los tubos del mic los tengo calentando Negro como el color de la tinta que rellena el papel Esta cultura no distingue entre color de piel Seguí las abejas y encontré la miel Pedí volar entre cócteles hasta no sentir los pies San Pedro de los milagros A ti acudo pa' vencer los diablos De madrugada viendo el lago Hago rimas en cada trago Se hace más necesario aunque no espero halagos Ni estar en catálogos, no Sigo con mis hermanos teniendo diálogos Jamás podrás entrar a mi pentágono Los asuntos del corazón se los dejo a mi cardiólogo apago el fuego con ritmo sin dejar prólogo
All right, it's live. Right. We're live. Cool. <laughs> so live. does this feel weird? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should, this should just be like conversation. Yeah. So, so who are we sitting with? Name? Nombre? <laughs> Nombre. <laughs> okay, my name is Rachel Heckerman. Rachel Heckerman. Yeah, this is a great time. No, this is a great time to shout out all your social media stuff. Oh, God. That's oh, but, so well, <laughs> it is, well, I'm, I was going to say like, oh, yeah, this will help, but we could leverage your social media because <laughs> essentially like 10 listeners yeah. maybe if we're, know, good, and then good two episode. of them you know my mom his mom <laughs> so essentially we my have mom, eight mom absolutely happens yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh that would be good man mothers love this kind of stuff yeah I'm, I'm pretty I shouted out my mom in the one podcast I was telling you about and she cried yeah so oh. if she listens to this she might cry right now oh, yeah. so <laughs> crying moms is uh well, that should be the goal of absolutely everything you do. If you can make a mom cry in a good way, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's an absolute compliment. Yeah. <laughs> not in a, you disappointed me. Exactly. Yeah. Which hopefully I've never made my mom cry in that way. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I'm sure. We'll see. But only for a brief moment. Me and my mom never fight longer than an hour. It's like a thing between us. Like, we're just uh-huh. like, no grudges because if we don't have each other, like, we have nothing. Uh-huh. So. That's beautiful. Does that extend into your other relationships? Are, are you a grudge holder? No, no, mm. not at all. Yeah, I tried not to. Like, good, good. Because those are... It's pointless. Dude, yeah. yes, and relationship but, ruiners. But mm-hmm. I'm really glad we have that because I know a lot of families where, like, grudges can be held for, like, months and months. And, and months. why yeah. with the family is that... The th- know. You know, that should know. be the, the last people yeah. that you hold grudges for. And yeah. same with... Same with trying to impress. You know what I mean? And bragging. Yeah, family yeah. functions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... Oh, my God. We have this... Okay. This side of the family is never going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> we have, um, on my mom's side, we have, like, this extended family that, like, every Christmas, yeah. they write, like, this family brag letter. Oh, oh my like, god! my son went to this college, and now he's doing his master's in this college, and, like, my daughter's off traveling oh, the world doing all these things, and it's, like, we had this one joke at the family where, like, Everybody in my family like was currently going through a divorce. We're like, let's write our own letter. <laughs> oh, and, that's. <laughs> and Lee and Ella are going through a divorce. Like, my mom's going through a divorce. That sounds like so negative. We were all laughing about it. Like, Dude, we, it's important to be able to laugh like, about things. Holiday, we're just like, our family is currently a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's doing, like, but I think every family is yeah. a wreck in certain regards. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like a funny way. Like, that was one of the funniest family holidays, I think, and we just, like, thought it was the best because of that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys got a, got a laugh out oh, of yeah, it. Oh, like, like, yeah, we're, like, because in New Jersey, people think, like, sometimes in certain areas that we're, like, hicks, and we're, like, oh, perfect, we'll, like, make the family photo in, like, a pickup truck with, like, shotguns. Oh, dude, that. oh, that <laughs> is beautiful that, playing like, on We're that. so proud. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Anyway, this is taking me your turn already. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, yeah, that's perfect. As weird as it can get, <laughs> the weirder the better, yeah. I think, honestly. But, so I would be interested... Could you just rattle off the countries you've been to? Because I took a peek through your passport, and it was oh. it was impressive. Thank you. Not as impressive as some. Well, yeah, and that is that's that's certainly fair to recognize that. We're currently recording this from Colombia. Yes. So in Medellin, but four years ago, me and my best friend were yeah. in South America, uh-huh. and we went to um, Argentina, Bolivia, Peru, and Chile. Okay. So that was that was a really cool experience. Uh-huh. But um, I've always had like a really big interest in like Latino culture yeah. in South America. So that's why I'm definitely back here. Was Dude, that your too. first travel experience? Would you say like big yeah, travel experience? Yeah. That was oh, definitely, wow. yeah. It was when like, did you know you wanted to travel? Like when did you know this nomadic <laughs> lifestyle was for you? It's in the most cliche way possible. Um, I was like 16 and 
going through like a hard time during the summer and yeah. I just always watched Eat Pray Love was on like <laughs> oh, all yeah, the time. Yeah. All the time. And I just remember being like this like woman in her like thirties or whatever and I was like half her age and I was like, I need to do these things even though she's going through a divorce. Oh, like yeah. I need to experience these things. Dude, shout out Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> Julia Roberts man. If wow. you're listening, yeah. 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 shout out Julia. <laughs> shout out yeah, Please shoot us an email after this. I was actually listening to a podcast though with the writer of that book like two days ago. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny, like full circle. Oh yeah. She she writes a lot of really good books about like traveling and just like I don't know, really good human experiences. Ju- that that author? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So good travel movie. writer. Yeah, and I just oh, remember wow. this one moment. It was so stupid because it was like I was exercising, watching Eat, Pray, Love, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. And me and my best friend had always talked about traveling since we mm. were like 14 or 12. And we've been friends since we were like 7. Mm. So we always were like, we're going to do this one day. And we always knew our friendship would be like countries away, yeah. which is exactly what's happening now. But it's kind of cool to like fulfill those dreams we talked about so young yeah mm-hmm. is she still is she still fulfilling those dreams yeah. pursuing wow. that passion yeah, 100% that's awesome and it's cool because we had a lot of other friends that like would always be like yeah we want to do it too and then sadly like kind of fell off that wagon yeah. but they're doing things that they really want to do yeah. so it's like yeah for some anything. people it's harder to pull the trigger yeah mm-hmm. um, so. and it's just not for some people frankly yeah, yeah. Um, yeah although exactly. I, I think everyone should do it and it'll broaden everyone they can yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. I felt the same way but I felt Bad. I was like, I wish you could experience this because I really know you'd like it. So, but. so four years ago it was your first trip to South America. How old were you then? Twenty. Wow. Okay. So yeah. you're 24 now. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, so, we so you really saw young. this at 16, and then kind of always like built like a plan on how to do it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't remember when me and my friend kind of just were hanging out one day and we're like, when did it become real? When well, you're like, like, this is really happening. We did like a road trip to Montreal for like. A week just to get out of the country because I'd never left the country until yeah. I was like 18. And then after that, of course, everyone's like first travel experience is like you get you got a it. little taste of the drug. Yeah. And, it was- and then we were like, and then I think because my friend was studying abroad in Buenos Aires, so she. I'm oh, sorry, there's a hummingbird over there. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm. You're a bird person. Weird. Are you yeah. a bird watcher? No. No. <laughs> I a bird appreciator with people, though. Though that like would one. I had a friend that woke up on like. New Year's Day uh-huh. at like four in the morning, yeah. or just didn't go to sleep, and he just like saw eighty different types of birds wow. in the morning, something crazy. Wow. But he took a lot of pride in that. But it was cool. Why do bird bird watchers seem a little crazy to me? Kind of like <laughs> kind of like horse people. They are, but I, I love it. I think it's like my one of my bosses at this last job I was at is like a birder, and she always a is birder like, is that what they're called? They oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they like they all pride themselves. They're like, oh, we're so strange. We wake up at like four in the morning and like just to go see some and birds. And they always know. They say like if they know they're standing in like an ant's nest, if there's a ton of birds around, oh, I forget. Yeah. I think because they like go to it tr- attracts like more insects or something. So then oh, birds yeah. want them. Yeah, that makes sense. But then they they always are like, oh, well, that's where the expression there's ants in my pants come from because like they literally will like crawl up your pants Is there, oh. and in Costa Rica they'll bite so it's like painful it's like ah yeah. and they're like and if you don't know your birding pa- partners it's really awkward yeah, oh but, wow that's funny yeah she's funny but anyway that's a <laughs> side story hey that's okay it's great to get distracted so you're in Colombia now and I think well what initially sparked a lot of interest in what you're doing is where you're going to be working in October yeah <laughs> and where is that? Well, not many people. No, 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 no. 
I'm going to Antarctica in October, which has like been something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, and from from the sounds of it, it sounded fairly accessible. Like, I mean, it wasn't. Look, the process might have been a little bit more difficult than finding a regular job, but it didn't seem like it was anything too extensive. It definitely took like a lot of thinking. Like, do I is this crazy? Like, do I <laughs> am I actually doing this or like am I actually applying to this? Mm-hmm. I didn't really tell many people, and I still haven't told too many people like at home or anything, just because I don't really want to until I'm there. Because yeah. like anything can potentially happen from now to then, where like maybe something like comes up. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I found out about the position from an old job I was working at, and somebody through such a millennial kind of job, yeah. and somebody posted on, or no, I created an Instagram story for my old job uh-huh. about the history of Antarctica, and then this one guy reached out and was like, I'm here right now, like, come with me next time I go. All right. And Most people would completely disregard that, Yeah. I but not you. Like, tell me everything. <laughs> I reached out on his, I reached out from my personal account, which is like, how did how just yeah. how oh. and he was like oh like there's this portal and there's like the list of jobs and this is the job that you want to get to most likely get this position mm-hmm. and then i wouldn't say the rest is history because there's a lot of steps after that but yeah but yeah but essentially I, that's what got the ball rolling but i texted my best friend when i was just telling you about yeah. and i was just like well you're not gonna think this is crazy because nothing is crazy anymore <laughs> but like yeah. i just applied to a job in She's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I'll hear back. I don't know if I'm qualified, but f- it. I'm mm-hmm. just going to like apply anyway. And you did. You heard back. Yeah. And it was weird because I have this weird thing with my emails where like my emails never sent through. Like uh-huh. it's happened to me for like five. What email provider do you use? Just Gmail? Gmail? Yeah. Really? Huh. And like I've had weird situations and it's like, and I know they weren't just ignoring me because I wound up getting those jobs later, but yeah. like I reached out and like just didn't hear anything back and I was like, oh, okay, I guess like just didn't get it it's fine and then I got this random email and it was like hey do you still want to apply for the Antarctica position and I was like absolutely yeah completely and it was weird because he was like oh so just sign back like that sheet that we sent you Mm -hmm. and I was like I didn't get that (laughs) and then he was like no no no, we sent it at this time check your spam folder and I was like there was nothing there oh no and the reason why I even got that email from that guy in the first place is because my mom's boyfriend has a friend that had worked down there for like 10 years mm-hmm. yeah. and he even has a mountain named after him. What? And, yeah. That has to be, well, I didn't even, that's a goal of mine. I, I, I didn't even know that that was a thing. You can get mountains named after you. Yeah. I think it's called like Wisneski Mountain or something like that. So what did he do to so, get it named other than like living there for 10 he years? he with more of like the technical things for the scientists and stuff. Okay. But okay. he actually was one of the first people because there's like, Antarctica is like, the safest, most peaceful continent on the planet. Obviously, yeah. there's only 15 <laughs> there's people like living a, there at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's like yeah, there's like a thousand or so, which is like nothing. Oh. But they, um, what was I gonna say? They there's a treaty basically, which is basically why everyone goes there. There's like about 50 different. Um, what is it called? Like research stations or yeah, 50 different. Not like countries, but there's another word, but I'm forgetting it. Uh, but anyway, it's okay. basically like the point of it is mm. like to do scientific research that will be shared publicly. Like oh. it's not like yeah. privatized research and stuff. So it's like really interesting because everyone's down there with a goal to like find out more about science in like mm-hmm. any different. And aspect. there's no and, like, egos getting in the way. Everybody's no, like, working no like, together. This is our information, like this yeah. is information that's getting shared. Yeah, so. that's I perfect. mean that's the way science should be, right? Yeah, and like countries don't cooperate 
yeah. on anything uh, else. Oh my gosh, but yeah. It's, it's cool to be a part of it, even if it's like just working in like a kitchen. Oh like, yeah. I don't care because like that's helping the scientists eat so they can do the research, you mm -hmm. know, like so yeah. that leads to that, leading to that. But um, yeah, so he was, I think, in the kitchen in like the 1990s or something and like a fight broke out and it was like oh the gosh. first fight that happened. Well, the first like, fight on an art like, And he was the one that like had to like, I think like settle the fight or something. Right, like, wow. so that's how you get a mountain so name after you. So if you research his name, you can read the news article about like a oh, fight that broke out and it's like, and Stan Wisniewski like got in the way and like saved, the, not oh like automatic, but it was but like, still. but it's just funny. And I was like, hey, oh you know God. him. <laughs> it's just funny. Dude, what, what a beautiful but, reason to get an article written about you. Yeah. Man, that's cool. But it was interesting because I had already applied for the position. So it was cool to know that like I got the position through like my own experience, but because of without him though, I never would have like gotten the email. Yeah. Because yeah. he reached out and was like, Hey, I know somebody that's like super interested, you should give her a shot. And he the guy that reached out to me about the email basically was like, Obviously this girl has to be interested if like she applied and someone else is reaching out for yeah. her. Yeah. And even though she's not replying. took the initiative to apply as early as possible, yeah. right? Which is a good lesson, man. If you want something you know, take the initiative and make sure it's shown yeah. that they know you want it. Yeah. And it sounds like you did that, and that, that made an impression on them. I think I even wrote in my cover letter, like, you have to be crazy to apply to Antarctica, but, like, that's me. <laughs> like, like that. Nice. Can you send me that cover letter so I can uh, just use that as a template? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, no, it was interesting, though, because, yeah, the guy basically was like, I assume, like, you had to be interested if, like, somebody else was reaching out on your behalf, too. So mm -hmm. I just figured, like, there's no harm in me reaching out directly. Yeah. So thank yeah. God, because then I wouldn't have heard back and I probably still today would be like, oh, oh man, I guess it wasn't I like good enough. It's fine. Yeah. 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 So even if you don't know if you're qualified, it's worth applying yeah. for, for any position, really. Mm -hmm. I think that you could, you could just fairly like say any, that. You could, yeah, exactly. Any position anywhere. Like just keep, I've harassed people. That's like, sounds bad. Like, <laughs> if I don't hear back from people, I just now, because of those circumstances, like I've had like three to five emails not go through for work positions wow. yeah. that my last job my email didn't go through so I had to send I like reached out to somebody and it was like hey just wanted to say like I sent out a resume and they're like we never got it yeah, you follow so up emails, emails are important yeah, right? following up is so important that's mm -hmm. like what I try to tell everybody like follow up because like people get busy people forget yeah. Yeah. like that's another thing when I was on the other side working at my other job like I was responsible for like interviewing people and looking through like resumes which was very interesting yeah, you are a professional I hope that yeah this comes off how professional you are because you are not just like your <laughs> your hippie backpacker that's pedaling around <laughs> buying uh you know those like tie-dye pants or whatever you know? i've done that though <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've all been there, yeah. I think everyone's been there. because what how what would you what would you describe your profession as i'm a graphic designer but i love to do everything creative like i yeah. kind of i went to school for design but then somewhere along the lines at my last job basically my boss was like hey can you like edit videos and i was like i don't know but i'll try and then i tried to put a video together and it worked out really well and then pretty much just educating yourself through youtube yeah, internet just, yeah, just like, I, just yeah. Was like yeah. I don't know how to run this program but i kind of knew how to run a program similar to this in, in school so maybe like maybe it's similar yeah and then it was kind of similar thankfully but yeah, a lot of it was just like YouTubing it and stuff. But they like were like, "This is great. Let's redo it for 2018." And I was like, <laughs> wow. "I don't know how to do that." And then I had a friend that I was telling you guys before is like so 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 talented. Uh -huh. And he basically like was like, "You need to do this. Like, if you're interested in doing this, like, you need to do it." And I think his positivity 
and like enthusiasm about me just being interested in it. Yeah. And having somebody be like, you should do this yeah. is also like a good push to like yeah, try. Yeah, totally. Because yep. with, if, if it was somebody else that was like, yeah, you know, it's like really hard though. Mm -hmm. Like I probably would have been a little bit more like. A little uh, hesitant. A yeah. Little hesitant, exactly. yeah. Oh man, that like is a, good. I feel like a lot of people have that, that interest in something, but then never take that push. And yeah, that, yeah. those words have been, like, travel is a perfect ex example. Yeah. And that yeah. initial barrier seems too, too large to overcome, yeah. um, but it's really not. I mean, it, tiny steps. It only takes tiny steps to get, to yeah. get where you want to be. And I, I'm very grateful for that because I don't care. Like I would love to be really, really good at it, but it's like, well, I would say you're probably better than the average person. Much oh, better. You. Much better. <laughs> but the, for me, it's like at the end of the day, I enjoy doing it. And mm -hmm. I enjoy like figuring out like stories to tell. Yeah. And even if it like doesn't go anywhere, like my entire life has just been following intuition. Uh -huh. And like I went to school uh -huh. because I liked graphic design. I yeah. always knew I loved doing any kind of design stuff. And then because I went to design school, I wound up at that job. And then because I wound up at that job, I wound up finding this interest in design or in video. Uh-huh. So I'm like following that path mm -hmm. and like, even if I don't become amazing at it, at least I'll have that skill forever. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. then if I wind up branching off again, it's just, I just follow it. Yeah. I don't ever and like build try confidence, to... trying something new, becoming somewhat competent in it. Um, and it's nice it, to just build skill sets, even if like, sure. if you can do a little bit of everything, that's good too. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. jack of all trades. I try not to like ever try to have a goal that's like... Um, definitive, like mm -hmm. this is what I need to do. Because uh -huh. I feel like that's actually restricting when you have like a restriction on like yeah. this is what I need to do, then you wind up closing all these doors and all these opportunities mm -hmm. that you can oh, potentially man. go down. Yeah, that's absolutely. beautiful. Yeah, no, that is. Dude, <laughs> getting served life lessons. <laughs> that's awesome. So just like follow, I don't know, I always just follow like what feels right yeah and it's always i'm not mad where i am yeah. right now so i'm <laughs> no. very happy with where i am so me too yeah. and me too and for a lot of people including us i'm sure that that's hard to do sometimes to know what what actually does feel right yeah you know i just yeah. always like had that i don't know like intuition mm -hmm. always like from when i was little yeah so, trust your gut always just yeah yeah now as far as traveling as a solo female how important is trusting your gut because very, I have so much very, respect. Very <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. The other day, I was walking down the street with one of the one of the volunteers at the school, mm -hmm. and it was. I'm pretty sure the situation was fine, but I got like a vibe, and because we were walking down kind of an area that was a little seedy, mm -hmm. and like I was with my guy friend, and like he didn't even notice. He was just like, <laughs> oh, everything's fine. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, like come over here. Just like you never know. Like it's like stand a little closer. Just you know, like hey, like because groups, groups hey, of people are always going? Like to try to distract, yeah. so the person would like walk by. Yeah. And I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. But like I've been followed home in the city before in New York because I live in New York. But yeah. um, and yeah, that's I've had so that true. Intuition, intuition, and I like knew I was like this person's following me home. Mm -hmm. So and if I didn't think or like follow that who knows what would have happened yeah. mm -hmm. so have but like i had the skill set to just or not skill set but i like just knew like okay now that i know someone's following me home like i can yeah, what you like, do what do you do when you notice somebody's yeah. following home you start serpentine take corners uh i was on the subway and uh -oh. like this guy made contact eye contact with me and he like uh oh once eye contact has been made cars away and, oh, like, oh, what? he like w like walked through all the doors when he saw me he like stopped and then like the, like 
waited by a window was like looking at me and i just knew it was like this is not Here. i got a you know that gut feeling yeah. you get? I oh like, yeah i have a feeling so i texted my roommate and i was just like someone i think is following me home i might need you to meet me at like the subway stop mm. because there's always an attendant there mm-hmm. so okay. i could just wait with the attendant yeah. until my friend came and it would have been fine mm-hmm. nice. but basically what i did That's was i sat up. there and when in New York, it's always like stand clear of the closing doors. Oh, so yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. I just sat there like it wasn't my stop. And as the door was closing, I just got up Slipped and like out. And he like walked over and like looked at me. So like I knew that was, ah, like, what a that scumbag. was like, affirmative. Like wow, that was actually yeah, well, heads just up a play. feeling that was real. And yeah. then yeah. After, so, after that situation, I'm sure you were like, <gasps> oh my I, gosh, I, well, I, yeah, what, what was your heart rate at? <laughs> yeah, and also just like being diabetic, I have to keep all my stuff with me and like if mm-hmm. I don't even like have my hands on my purse at all times like yeah. somebody could easily just like swipe things so I just that also makes me more aware I think yeah too. yeah so yeah that's a good point. And I, so that's a good so you, you mentioned you're diabetic yeah I think a lot of people would let that get in the way of what you're doing why hasn't that been the case with you because f- that <laughs> very good very good yes <laughs> don't let anything get in your way man uh, I don't know, I just always like, I think because when I was little I was a dancer and I remember when I was diagnosed I was like, am At I going to stop dancing? Uh, 12. 12, wow. So, so were, I, you, were you probably like born with, with, with the I have no idea, yeah this yeah, might sound know. like an ignorant actually, question because I, okay, I have okay. no idea. I, so you can get it at like any age, you can actually even get type 1 diabetes in your 40s and your 50s, it's possible. Okay. What's too. the difference between type 1 and type 2 also by the so, way? So type 1, type 2 is like when you're older and you're, okay. you're it's genetic, it runs in the family, you're just okay. not eating really healthy or you're not taking care of yourself. So not as serious. Yeah. Okay. Or it's, it's still serious, yeah. but you can also... If you like it's more manageable, it, you can get rid of it. Okay. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Like if you're really, really like healthy, uh-huh. or if you can at least diminish it into a manageable like disease. Oh yeah. My God, so many dogs. <laughs> I mean, we were talking the other day how I, I the dogs I see here are not the type of dogs I expected to see. You know, Everyone golden retrievers, huskies. Yeah, it's beautiful. I trust people that like dogs, mm-hmm. so I, I trust Columbia. <laughs> um, I trust Columbia too. So yeah, so what does, I mean, what does traveling with diabetes entail? So basically, for me, I always take like way more supplies than I need, mm-hmm. which I've been lucky to like stockpile yeah. my supplies. Actually, I think my blood sugar might be low right now, let me just check. Really really, now, do you, <laughs> is that just by feeling? You can tell I that? I can feel it, yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Um, and so you can check okay, your app. It's, it's really good, almost really? to the point where it's going oh, wow. low. So it has so, to stay in between those two lines? If it's in between the lines, it's good, which it's been like really good in the last 24 hours. But sometimes that's hmm. not the case. Sometimes it's literally like the worst annoying thing in the world because when your blood sugar is super high, you can't even focus. Your mouth tastes like metal. You feel like jittery and oh. you feel really irritated. You want to like murder anybody that like oh, says anything gosh. to you. And sometimes like you have to just deal with it. Like I was in college my senior year and we had this huge interview thing where we had an interview with like four or five different professionals in New York City. Yeah. And it was like your portfolio. So oh. it was really important. It was like everything you had ever done in your college career. Like mm-hmm. you had to present it, talk about it like thoroughly. Oh no. And, like, and you started feeling my like My blood sugar was so high. Oh. And it was just some, day, some days like out of the blue, you, you like no matter how good you are at managing it, mm-hmm. some days you just mess up. And that's just like the reality reality of it yeah and it was so bad and i was just drinking so much water and i felt so sick and i had to like still deal with it and like still talk to people in these interviews oh and, how'd like, the interviews go you murder it they were still good yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah. but like sometimes people diabetes is like an individual 
indivisible, invisible disease. Mm -hmm. So people like, if I was high right now, you wouldn't even know because I would look just like this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But, but you'd like, feel, I would feel horrible, oh or if it's low, I feel like really jittery and like, uh -huh. need sugar. So it's definitely an added thing to life because it's just no matter what, no matter what yeah. I'm doing, no matter how in the moment I am with anything, it's always in the back of my head, no matter yeah, what. It's always wow. like, oh, wow, wow, I'm having a really great day, but what's my blood sugar? <laughs> and even wow. in 10 minutes, if I just took insulin and I'm not sure how many carbs I just ate and if like the ratio is correct, I'm like, is my blood sugar spiking or is it dropping? Yeah. So this, I have like a new device on my stomach that has Bluetooth that basically like reads what my blood sugar is at any moment. Mm -hmm. So that has changed everything because back for like the first 10 years that I've had this disease, it was just a guessing game, which oh, is man. really scary. Yeah. And somehow I guessed correctly for 10 years. I've only had like life. a few like issues where, yeah, no, that's the, there's like this quote that it freaks me out sometimes, but it also makes me feel really powerful. Uh -huh. It's basically like diabetes is a disease where you're in charge of making sure that you don't die every single day yeah. like you're in charge of the amount of insulin you take you're in charge of the amount of food that you eat and you have to make sure it's a guessing game like yeah. there definitely it's not always a guessing game like there's like ratios and like things that you follow that you know will work yeah but, but some still, days it's not a perfect body science is just like this all day or sometimes it's high all day no matter how much insulin you take it's still high or like no matter yeah. how much food you eat it's still low and like you can't win and then it's really frustrating when somebody like looks at your blood sugar recordings and they're like ah, that's so high though isn't that like really bad and i'm uh, like yes but like you don't even possibly understand yeah. how dip like obviously if it yeah. was easy Mm -hmm. It would be perfect all the time. Yeah, it's and it easy. wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, you know. So it's kind of it sometimes can get very frustrating when people say that, but I understand that like people don't understand that yeah, what it is. We're all ignorant. So I mean, I don't know other people's disease. Like yeah. if someone yeah. has like Crohn's disease, I don't know like what good, what's good or what's bad. And, yeah. Like, I, yeah. What is Crohn's disease? It's a gastrointestinal disease. Okay. Um, it's a very yeah. That's also another complicated disease that people live with. But and that they, can be life threatening if not managed. I yeah. I would imagine so. People yeah, lose it's if intense. they don't take care of it. They like lose a lot, a lot, really? a lot of weight. They lose their hair. Oh like, my so gosh! It's like a very man. I'm, just, I'm so and I don't even know that much about it. So I don't mm -hmm. want to speak from my experience of people I've seen on like Instagram because I don't want to yeah. like say anything incorrectly. But yeah. basically, like that's something I learned about recently, and I'm just like holy. These people are superheroes walking around yeah. doing this thing every single day. So, but yeah. it's and I think that applies to you in a lot of regards as well. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think it, if anybody could take any message, it's whatever hurdles you think are in your life, you're placing them there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just as easy as you place them there, you can get over them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's not that it's easy, but it's just that it's the only option in yeah. a way. Yeah. It's the only option if you want to like live freely mm -hmm. and know? live how you want to exactly. live. Exactly. And like there's still like hurdles that I'm going to be facing like when I turn 26 in the United States you're like off your parents health insurance. Oh, wow, yeah. So that that's another reason why I'm kind of doing this traveling this year is mm -hmm. to learn how to shoot and edit video really really well so I can get the jobs I want because I can prove that I can do it. Yep. Yeah. So I can afford to pay for my medicine. Wow. It's like, yeah, so, so you can what? afford to pay for your medicine. How crazy is that? <laughs> because Any politicians honestly, listening, this needs to be changed, right? Well, Bernie Sanders has been amazing because he's, what been shout very, out Sanders. he's been so vocal about it. And like yeah. somebody actually in the diabetic community that I don't know personally, but that I know, like he posted a video about her and a bunch of other like diabetics in the community. Mm -hmm. And basically the headline is like, we, have, we buy insulin or we die. And it's 
true. And insulin like has been so unaffordable mm-hmm. the last couple of years and it's increased so much in the last like 10 years. Like it went from wow, in like really? 1993, I might be butchering the statistics. It was like $26 for a vial of insulin. Mm-hmm. And now in 2019, it's like 325. Oh, and that God. doesn't that follow the, the normal pattern of inflation by no, any no, means. No, you know, no, that no, is like, that's, that's not like, normal. There was a scientist that like discovered like insulin. I think his name is Frederick Banting. And he basically patented insulin for a dollar because he was like, insulin should be free for the, or not free, but like affordable yeah. for people to live. Mm-hmm. And basically, diabetes was a life sentence in like the 1920s until they discovered, or 1912 until they discovered insulin and like yes the formula has changed a lot but like the pharmaceutical industry basically has like used that as an excuse to be like well the pharmacy like the the formula's changed so like we've done all this scientific research so we can like skyrocket the prices but they've only done like five percent of research oh my gosh the rest of it is just like for them so is yeah. that original patent is that like out of date or something now? Why it's not so? Cheap yeah, as because if you were to take the insulin from that patent, you can t- basically take that insulin from like Walmart, but it's not as effective. It oh. would work. You could probably manage if you were extremely strict with your diet mm-hmm. and like. But that is not a life. If you're try, if you're that strict, like yeah. I, can, I still have the freedom to like go get ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. I have the freedom to like eat pasta if I want to. Like I can eat anything I want because the insulin is like really strong and powerful okay. enough to do what it needs to do. Yeah. But basically, um, I don't know. That insulin is not nearly as strong yeah. or like reliable. Uh-huh. So you technically could get insulin from like Walmart way cheaper, but that's mm-hmm. like when people have no money and like that's their last resort and it's still kind of expensive. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's very I mean, frustrating. I'm sure. But there's a lot of diabetics that have been so vocal about it which has been amazing because there actually has been changes happening because people are just like this is yeah, yeah. so it does it starts it yeah. starts on the ground you There's know it like starts with people being vocal about it yeah and it's it's been crazy to see and i'm grateful that like the people have been doing what they've been doing i feel like i haven't done enough to like be vocal about it mm-hmm. but um basically one company called ellie lily i'm probably butchering how you say it that's okay we have nobody fact checking anything <laughs> we're saying so that's, that's fine <laughs> But they basically overnight cut the cost of insulin in half. Wow, really? Which is great, but it also proves that they literally could have done this the entire yeah. time and that people that have died in the past could have, like, afforded that. And because think, they were like, oh, you want to change? Here's a change overnight. But, like, they still have so much work to do. Yeah. So shout out to you guys because you guys suck. <laughs> it is. But you still keep me alive. It's such it a is a love-hate hate relationship. It's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of annoying. It's like walking on a tightrope every single day because you don't, like, there's some days where, like, I'm internally freaking out. I'm like, I don't know if my blood sugar is, like, dropping yeah. really low. Mm-hmm. So, and you always have to carry all this gear with you, right? Like, you yeah. are always traveling with insulin. Yeah. And that's another thing that's freaky is, like, if, if somebody just that. swipes my yeah. back, like, I'm f***ed. So, sorry. Oh, oh that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It's actually yeah. I have, like, a technique where I keep medicine in two separate bags and more in, like, a carry-on kind of bag. Yeah. So that way, if, like, one gets swapped, mm-hmm. like, I at least have insulin for, like, the next couple days so I can figure out my situation, get myself to a place where, like, I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's always in the back of my head. That's why doing these volunteer programs is really nice because mm-hmm. I can stay in one spot, drop my bags in a safe spot where mm-hmm. I know it's not going to yeah, get taken, yeah. and 
really get to know a place and people. So that's that awesome. is another, that's like another aspect of why I like staying in one spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, certainly. But, and I mean, when I was like 20, I think about like how naive I was because I was just so like, I'm traveling, everything's great. But like, I was so much less like concerned about what could happen. Yeah. So, and I did have an incident in Argentina where I took the wrong type of insulin and I switched it. And if I didn't notice it right away, if I went to bed, I wouldn't have woken up. And that is so scary. Yeah. I like the situation was fine and under control and everything, but like it could have been really, really scary. But that PTSD actually is what makes me feel way more responsible now. So mm-hmm. I'm almost grateful that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. But to it happened in extent. Argentina in a foreign country where no one speaks <laughs> English, which obviously is fine because I, I don't speak, speak any Spanish. Yeah. Well, I mean, my the, Spanish is okay. Yeah, much better than ours. <laughs> and at that time, you didn't have this, um, no. this hip thing. So, so you put I like... was using, like, I had these test strips. Mm. So I was using mm. these test strips, like, so I was using so many of them that night because I didn't know how quickly my blood sugar was dropping. Yeah. I literally was in the dark. And wow. then I was terrified for the rest of the trip because I used so many in that night that I was like, do I have enough for the rest of this trip? Mm. So <sighs> I was like rationing them. And I probably could have went to a pharmacy, but we were in a lot of very small local towns that mm. there's no way they would have had in test strips. Wow. Yeah. That's why, like, before somebody asked me if I buy insulin as I go, and like, that would be great. And I know it's possible, but it's so much nicer knowing that I just have it. Because mm-hmm. if I was ever in a yeah. situation where, like, they don't have it, I, like, honestly, I could be sick in a day if I don't take wow. my insulin. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're so good at managing it now. And was oh, that, yeah. was, that, was that the only, like, quite questionable situation that came up or the only dangerous situation that came up when you were traveling? Uh, so, the funny thing is, like, bad things happen to me when I'm in the safety of my own house. Like, good. two different situations. <laughs> I mean, thank it goodness. It also proves the fact that go live your the way you want to because yeah. like anything can happen to you in your own house right like at home oh my gosh you yes I mean? so yes like that i had one incident completely non-diabetic related oh, okay. yeah. where i feel like i've told this story to somebody before but or a lot of people good well, i hey, took more. this photo of my dog and it was like this panorama photo uh-huh. and it was just this really funny Oh, probably have to go soon. Hey, that's fine. I, I got like three really percent on my phone. Okay, I, I well, planned this out that's so good. poorly. That's perfect. Yeah, that's kind of perfect. Though. Yeah. Um, I took this photo of my dog, and it was like a panorama, and I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. So it was like her with this really long snout. She was like walking. At the top <laughs> uh, of the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like inside eating a strawberry, and I like was looking at it, and I was like ha ha ha, and then like. <laughs> And like, no one's home. And I'm like choking on this freaking strawberry. <laughs> just like, oh no, no so what you do? And it took like two minutes and I, it started to go dark. And I was just Whoa. like, Jesus Oh Christ. my gosh. It was not fun. And I just like fell to the ground and then it dislodged yourself. It oh dislodged So from the falling, from you falling, so yeah, essentially like fainting, like, passing out? I didn't pass out. Okay. But I just like at a point was just like, I need to like do something. I was like trying to hit myself. Like, yeah. It was like a counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it finally like dislodged itself. Thank God. And Dude, then I started crying because I was like what the f-? I almost just died <laughs> but it was weird because I just came back from like a three-month backpacking trip by myself <laughs> and like nothing happened to me uh-huh. and then that happened and then a strawberry <laughs> a bloody strawberry like, are you kidding me wouldn't that be a terrible way to go exactly. <laughs> bloody strawberry oh my gosh and then the only other situation that happened is which made me learn to always test my blood sugar before I drive because I was at my friend's house and we were eating like a lot of junk food and I basically, ooh, cappuccino butterfly. Cappuccino right. butterfly. Yep, that is a cappuccino butterfly. So you're you're a, a butterflyer. <laughs> I'm not as than much as like I would like to say. I, there's so many species, but I know a fair share in Central and South America. Nice, thank you. But 
it was, yeah, I took way too much insulin, wasn't paying attention to it, didn't have that thing on my stomach at the time to, like, mm. record it, yeah. and I got home, and I, like, climbed the one, like, five stairs, and I was, like, winded, and I was just, oh. like, that's oh, no. really strange, and then I tested my blood sugar, and it was, like, low, and I normally wouldn't be concerned at that level, but I had realized that it had dropped so quickly that oh. my body didn't have time to process how quickly it was dropping. Luckily, my mom was home at the time, and I was trying to eat applesauce, and I just completely lost my motor skills and, like, dropped oh. it. Like, I couldn't even, like, oh pick goodness. it up. It was just, like, slipping through my hands. So I, like, called. I, like, knocked on the door, and I was just like, help me. And, like, I am such an independent person that, <laughs> that for, me, for me to even say that, I was like, I don't even want to say this right now. Yeah. Like, in... You know, like poison coming out of your mouth. I was just like, Ugh. but yeah, if my mom wasn't there, that could have been. I probably would have like fell into a coma or something, and hopefully somebody would have found me. I like met so many people that know diabetics that have fallen into a coma for a couple of hours and they're fine. They like somehow were okay because somebody found coma them. Coma like, and fine don't, don't go I together. I don't want to ever be in that situation. I don't even mind if my blood sugar is a little higher than it should be to avoid being in that situation, which maybe not every diabetic would agree with me on that, but. Mm -hmm. For me, it's just like for traveling, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. a lot more like regimented with my blood sugar when I'm at home because like I can be, but like in if I'm like abroad, I just like to be a little bit more on the safe side. So, mm -hmm. but yeah. Well, well, thank you for this. Uh, of now, anything? It can, I mean, where can people find your work? Oh God, this is so awkward. Yeah, we put it in the description. Okay, yeah. My name is Rachel Heckerman, so that's basically. Everything is Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, H E C K E R M A N M A N. Yep, there it is. And Rachel without the A at the end, R A C H E L. Oh, well, okay, good. Thanks for distinguishing. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, uh, People spell their names or Rachel two A's. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for dragging us out of the hospital. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Thank you for joining me as I yeah. dragged you out of the hospital. <laughs> no, 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 this has been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs>